welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is our weekly review segment where we review the week that was, the week to come. We go over our gambling picks for the week. We go over our power rankings, our current events, and finally we're going to announce our giveaway winner and another announcement for our next giveaway. So uh, we'll take a quick look at uh, the week's review. Um, short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, short and sweet. We only had one game that actually pertains. Short and shit, actually. Yeah, honestly. Short and bitter, basically. Yeah. But um, I think it's also important to notice that like we're going to have a bit of crossover from this week. It's one of our first Sunday games against Ottawa, so if we had mentioned it in last week's preview, it's actually going to be technically previewed in this uh, podcast instead. So we have yeah. a couple of um, gambling picks that are crossing over. But it's no big deal. Yeah, so, so like we're like recording this like right before the Sunday night game against Ottawa. So there's a bit of an overlap this week, but we don't really have many uh, uh, Sunday games in the future. So. Yeah, and yeah. so really the only game we're reviewing is the five to three loss against Toronto. We had goals from Kotkaniemi, Byron, and uh, Toffoli. Assists from Tatar, Edmondson, Romanov, and Gallagher, and Carey Price was an eight fifteen. So yeah, Carey Price wasn't an eight fifteen. No, he wasn't. That, that was about a nine fifteen game where he got yeah. let out to dry. But you know, I think last night, you know, with our between the whistles segment, we you know we voiced our emotions a little bit more. Let's try to dissect this a bit more analytically. Um, you know, that was just a um, objectively better game for Toronto than it was for us. They just they are firing on all cil- cylinders, which is, you know a little bit of a letdown considering the amount of rest we had, but also how little rest they had. They had a very packed schedule that week, and it looked like they had the week off and we were playing back-to-back games. Now, would you say that a week off then is rest, or would you say that it's rust? Well, it has to be, it has to be rest, though, because, I mean, like, the whole point, the whole reason we were playing like shit before the break was because we were tired. So, like, what is it? Is it better to be playing or is it better to be resting? I mean, like, right. you just said you wanted rest. Well, that's that's now the golden like, question, right? Yeah. I was more, you know, it, it's it's hard to kind of determine yeah. because, the, like you said, it we didn't really see improvement. No, it just, they looked I mean, like they played. I mean, we scored played. a bit more. Yeah. Because we more. technically scored four goals that game. Yeah. If you want to look at it that way, there wasn't much positive from it. It was definitely more exciting than. It was a much worse defensively game. Than... Yes, I think that was definitely a like big piece. from from last Saturday. Offensively, it looked very similar, but it looked like we just took a few steps back defensively, and our breakout looked like somehow even worse than last week. And now, given that Jeff Petrie didn't have a strong game, do you think that's worrisome in the sense that? Maybe Jeff Petrie is a bigger piece of our defensive core than we even realize. Not just so much a star, but kind of when Jeff plays poorly, everyone plays poorly. Well, I think he's more of a of a you know a trendsetter in the sense, uh, offensively than defensively. I mean, like if you look at the games where we've been getting our five, six, seven points, you know, he's tallying up two plus points, um, and you know, driving the play a lot, and we look like we just can't. We can't get the puck moving in the offensive zone and you know you can visually just tell how much he's struggling on the blue line like you know the pucks are just keep you know jumping over his stick he's not getting there in time when he pins himself against the boards they seem to go through the small of his back it's like uh you know it looks like everything's just going wrong for jeff petrie right now um which is strange because edmondson you know seems to be basically on point um you know weber is having a bit of a weak rush run to uh, the last few weeks Sherratt seems to be having a bit of discipline issues and like judging by his his you know um what Dan Robertson was saying on 690 like you know he seemed to really be feeling the um you know the condensed schedule which makes sense playing those first line minutes with Weber but 
And it's a physical year this year. Yeah, it's a physical year, but you know, it's it's stressful in the sense that you know we have forty games left, and we don't have another spring break, and also we didn't get better during the spring break. Right. So it's like, what is it? Like, what do we do? I mean, like we have to somehow manage fatigue here, and you know, we're pretty cap strapped, so we don't have a lot of guys to swap in and out. Right. Um, now you said keep it a little more anal- analytical keep the emotions out of it. So I'll leave my personal feelings for Victor Mete on the side here. But analytically, (laughs) I can talk about Victor Mete. In four games played, he has no goals, no assists. He has three hits, seven blocks, and six penalty minutes. He's a plus minus of zero, and he has zero giveaways and zero takeaways. So he is a big fat zero. Yeah, he's just not good. Um... This is a problem when someone like Victor Mete. He gave other people minuses though, because of course, yeah, four out of his six penalty minutes there resulted in goals. Right, and the way I was going to basically compare it to is he's taking the spot of Brett Kulak, who in comparison has three points in thirteen games, um, seven hits, eighteen blocks, fourteen penalty minutes, um, fifteen shots. Victor Mete does not have a shot. And he's a plus three. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about managing, you know, fatigue and everything. I think it also, one way of managing fatigue is active management in terms of have the best players out there that will take the stress off of the other guys. One way to really take the stress off of, let's say, a Sherrod and Weber is being able to play that third pair, you know, maybe another two minutes that night. Yeah, and also those stats you listed off don't really encompass his peripheral impact in so far as... No, and, and you know, the his point was he's just on, better than Victor. Yeah, no, I'm saying his peripheral impact, like Mete's negative peripheral impact yes. in the sense that he, oh, oh, okay. he's obviously negatively affecting Romanov. I mean, Romanov seems to have his worst nights when he's playing with Mete, and he seems to be playing great when he's with Kulak. So, like, you know... He might be a zero plus minus, but you know he's drawing negatives into other people's games. And, and can you blame him? No, yeah, and and you know it's Romanov, not Victor Mete. Yeah, no, I, I can blame Victor Mete all, all yeah. day long. No, because he doesn't. Have, there's no when he's on the ice. There's no position. I mean, right. like he's all over the place, and he's pointing at places. And you know, we call him the great general. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get emotional with this one because that's you know like the one segment per week that we're trying to be analytical here <laughs> and not like you know rage yeah, at Victor Mete. Keep but, it a bit more calm. You know, post-war. Paul Byron. Let's jump into the review. Like Paul Byron had a great game. That was a fantastic fantastic game for byron great goal um you know just seemed to you know he's doing what he's doing you know and he's doing what he's uh been doing every game which is nice he's he's very consistent that way and something finally went his way yeah it's about time he 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 generates so much opportunity it's like you know and you you really notice his speed even against teams like toronto that do have some quicker guys yeah no i mean that's it he it it's about time something went his way, and I also think the monkey off is back now. We're going to see um, a lot more stat sheet Paul Byron because, yeah. again, his game didn't change How many throughout. minutes is he playing per game, though? I mean, I'm not 100% sure, that. but um, while you're looking at that, it's just nice to see certain you know guys on the scoreboard Tatar, Byron, Gallagher. Like, these are guys that, like, you know, and you know, Toffoli scored against not Vancouver. So it's nice to see that we're kind of starting to get in the rhythm of things, even though it was a you know, pretty crucial loss. Yeah. Um, you know, Carey Price, like we said, being an eight fifteen, I don't I don't know if it was, you know, all all his fault, but I mean, I need a little bit more from Price. Yeah, maybe maybe like that game I'm not gonna nitpick. But not nitpick, but you know, it's five goals, like 
who knows, maybe, you know, if he gets one week or one, maybe they'll yeah. anticipate a little. Yeah, just to correct that, Paul Byron has 12 minutes time on ice. So, like, you know, he will generate more. I, I'm just, I'm not expecting miracles. I mean, he has four points in 15 games. It's not, you know, Paul I'm okay Byron. With that, yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that on as with 12 minutes per game, for sure. But yeah. I just think there's a bit more to Paul Byron than that. But, yeah, no, um, in terms of price, like, yeah, definitely, I think... You know, we could use more, but I think that I is... I just think there's no difference. Or there, it wouldn't sorry, have made a difference. There's, there's no in-between with people. They either think he's going to let in five or he has to get a shutout. And I'm saying, like, a game like this, you know, you let in four, like, that's a that's a fighting chance. Yeah, it's just, like, you you have to realize, like, the opponent you're playing, okay? Like, with, a, with an Austin Matthews as hot as he is, I mean, like, Austin Matthews has two more goals than our point leader yeah okay so Toffoli's leading our team with 16 points Matthews has 18 goals okay so obviously we're talking about a insanely productive offense okay like the chance of a carry price shutout is almost zero I mean it, it's almost zero for any team but you know if he could hold it to two to three goals maybe four like we have a fighting chance but definitely not with the team in front of him that we had last night exactly. I mean, like there's no chance from there oh, that's I mean, what i mean that's what i meant if, that if he was a 700 fault. if he was a 700 last night it wouldn't have made a difference exactly i'm that's what i mean is this game wasn't you know carry price's giveaway i just mean you know you know we heard he has had back, his giveaways this year exactly yeah. and we've had we've heard you know a few times about how carry price makes quality saves and you and i always laugh about how like i really don't care about quality saves i want quantity yeah and, you know, I think that's He made a key. quality save last night. That's so. exactly why I mentioned yeah. it. But, you know, he made a few really big saves. I just, you know, I wish the the quality saves would then translate into the defense showing up, yeah. not him having to make multiple quality saves. Yeah, I think, you know, there is a quality aspect to Toronto in the sense that you're going to have to make quality saves because, you know, two of those five goals, like, you know... If you had two goalies in net, they wouldn't have saved it. I mean, like, the those cross-crease spread the eagle. The goalie literally has to, you know, do a split and then travel two meters. Like, or there's no chance. Or overcommit to the pass, and then the guy shoots it. Yeah, so it's like, you know, there was, we let them have two basically cross-crease, you know, top shelf, no chance. Like, those, unfortunately, go on his stat sheet. And, you know, if he got that, that would have been, like, a miracle. Yeah. You know, but it's it's not the, the blame game in the sense that we've seen a few... Uh, not so much on Allen, but on Price this year, where it's kind of like a trickle in, and you're like, oh fuck, he should have well, had that. It. But like, th- I'm not gonna. There was none of those last night. No, absolutely not. And that's that's basically what I was alluding to. So it's like, and it, one thing that really pissed me off. Uh, it's my only emotional argument last night was again, Marner just stands there, okay, ready to take a shot. Nobody just lays him out. No, just I know. lay him out. I, we we have a big issue in today's NHL in general about guys not throwing the body around. And I don't mean in the dangerous way. I just, I find that, you know, if you played a more aggressive style in general, it would create more opportunity. That's just all it comes out. The game is supposed to be fast moving and fast paced. No one should be able to stand somewhere. No, yeah. And I just, I notice especially smaller guys like, like Marner. Yeah. They just standing there. They just let, let go. Yeah. Edmondson was just like ready for a block. You could have just ran him over. Exactly. So jumping into the preview, we've got a, good amount of games this week finally yeah uh we've got ottawa tonight which is february 21st we then got ottawa again on the 23rd and then winnipeg on the 25th and 27th so a four game uh road trip i believe it extends on after that but um 
you know, let's let's look at these in kind of two parts here, Ottawa and Winnipeg. Yeah. So Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, where do we begin? You know, this road this road trip as a whole, okay, and like you know specifically the Ottawa games, but I think generally this week is about as must win as you you could possibly have it. I mean, you know, we're fourth in the North right now. I mean, there's a bit of a you know there's a bit of a play on games played there, like with our little break, our our six day break there that kind of threw off our games played, but not significantly. There's a lot, like, we're really, really tight up there. Like, it's, yeah. it, you know, Can- believe it or not, the Canucks are right on our ass. Just, just weird. Okay, they have 17 points. We have 20. Um, you know, Edmonton's played a ton of games, so I'm going to exclude them. Uh, you know, Winnipeg's up there. Um, you know, Calgary's right behind Vancouver. But, you know, it's it's a very, very tight division, and it's not as strided as I think we thought it'd be. Um, and, you know, these games against Ottawa, like, we're talking about a team that has nine points this season. Okay, like these, we can't be losing these games. Mind you, four came from us. Yeah, four came from us, and like we can't be losing these games. Like yeah. it's, it's enough now, and like I think we're humbled enough that, you know, I think we can expect a win tonight. But do you think we're humbled? But do you think we're hungry? I think we're humbled, but I'm worried that we're down. Okay. I'm worried that like we're psychologically just beat up. That's like, where it's you know the ideal person to have on your team is Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, and Josh Anderson. Yeah. yeah. He seems to be running on all cylinders all the time. But what are you? What are your thoughts on tonight? I, you know, I again, I do think like this is a team that you just have to beat. I think um, going with what I had just said there, I think that the guys like the Gallagher's, like the Andersons, like you said, they're gonna come out firing tonight, and it's gonna be it, like you just have to win these games. I mean, you can't you can't drop games to Ottawa, and you know, like you have to respect them because they're NHLers. But yeah, and clearly they can kick you're our just, ass. Exactly, so. but they're they're just not at the same caliber. And you know, the the games that Matt Murray had against Montreal when we played them a few weeks ago. Oh, Jesus Christ! The game against the second game against Winnipeg's another ten p.m. Oh boy. <laughs> um. But yeah. Three hours past my bedtime. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically just uh, Matt Murray can't stay at that level that he played against. I think he was like a 9.55 for, almost, for, for both games or something. Yeah. It was and, ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, those I, are... You go, you're going to have to win these games. It's not even about what do I think. Yeah. It's they have to they win They have to win at least the Ottawa's. And you know, I, I, think, I hope that, you know, the 21st and the 23rd against Ottawa, like, really picks up our scoring momentum because we're going to do an extremely hot goalie in Winnipeg, um, you know, at home. So, you know, we're talking about a Connor Hellebuck that's a 916 right now. He's He's so good. He's seven, (laughs) five, you know, he's he's basically, he has seven wins. Like, he's an extremely good goalie, and he's not a goalie that I want to be playing right when we start having trouble scoring. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to lead to a lot of frustration and, you know, they're a bigger team that, you know, is going to push us around a little bit. And like, I really hope we use Ottawa as a, you know, a launch pad to like getting back to those five, six goal. Yeah. And I like how you put that. I I don't like when people use, you know, the weaker teams as, uh, let's say like practice. I like launch pad because, I find you should go even harder on the weak teams, you know, like really just like yeah. snuff them out. You got to gotta make sure your game's on point. Yeah. Like it's if you a can. Lot, I find a lot of the time people kind of go easy because they think they can get away with 60% effort. Well, that's basically, that's it can act as a launch pad or it could act as like a, you know. Quicksand. A, yeah, it's quicksand. And like it's, you know, clearly that's what happened last time. It really slowed us down. Yeah. We basically toned down our breakout because we were expecting like basically four shit lines coming at our D couldn't break out and then obviously you know surprise surprise we get to toronto we can't break out 
Yeah. So it's like lock it down now against this like terrible team. Okay. It's like Derek Stefan coming at you versus Austin Matthews. Okay. Yeah. Like lock it down, be able to break out, get Petrie back on his feet, and then carry that momentum on into the next games. I mean, like, you know, I I don't know why you know, fatigue is such an important question with the Habs right now. It's like everyone is doing the same thing and everyone else seems to be managing it somehow. Um, You know, Toronto has, you know, a much more difficult cap situation than we do. They're doing just fine uh, fatigue-wise. You know, I think we need to, you know, toughen up a little bit. Um, I think we need to learn how to manage our minutes a little bit better. And, like, even the minutes, though, like, it doesn't make sense because, like, if that was the if that was the the comparison, a team like Edmonton, a team like uh, Toronto, even a team like Calgary, that's very very top six heavy, they should be having more of these fatigue issues than we do because like we run four lines and like for some reason we're all just like a bunch of old fucks that can't like stay awake. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's you know maybe I, there's no answer to it. You just have to wake up. That's it, right? Yeah. And I think one important thing too is that maybe we uh, give the reverse retros a little break for yeah. now because. I think if you look at the league as a whole, it's it's just a weird thing when teams put on those reverse retros. I don't know if it's that they you know they smell or the equipment's too new, but they're cursed. Those things, yeah, I don't so know. just get rid of them for now. Uh... Bring them back at some point, but we don't have a win in them yet. No, I know it's crazy. Um, so Did yeah, we... oh no, we lost Ottawa then. Yeah, yeah we lost Ottawa. Yeah, we haven't won in those blues. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, so that that basically sums up the whole preview. I mean, there's not much else to say about Winnipeg other than the the goaltending. You know, they traded away line A, so it's it's a different offense that comes at you. It's a very right, tough. Yeah, you still got the Connors. That's you still it. Have the I was Evers. gonna say you still have a lot of elite players, but you have you have players that hit. You have players that forecheck. Um, they're they're very big team. That's yeah, the I, way they're gonna win. I'm. They're gonna have to. You know, I don't really have a lot of faith in Claude Julien. Like, uh, you know adopting our decision making we seem to be like on very different ends of the spectrum but like i can i, I really hope that he moves the lines a little bit around for that game because like i don't see to fully gallagher deno pairing well work. against that shifley line like work. that's just not going to be a good pairing that's that's just a recipe for disaster i yeah. mean like we're talking like gallagher on connor's side well there you go yeah, i mean like <laughs> just not a... at least lucky for us their their defense over the past few years has taken a big a big hit in terms of size. No more Bufflin, no more Myers, no more Sherratt. Yeah. Like they they have smaller guys now. But either way, I think these four games are very important, especially the time of year and the time positionally in the standings. Yeah, I say we have to win three of four. Like definitely, yeah, I agree. I think no. we could, if we walk away with six out of eight points, it's the yeah. minimum we can afford. Yeah, because if you look at the standings, and I'm not and just trying tonight. to yeah. It starts tonight, and, you know, I'll say zero losses against Ottawa just because, you know, it has we can't be. be losing those games because, you know, points are points, but not really in, in this kind of, uh, you know, division because yeah. Winnipeg, we're actually behind Winnipeg. So there you it's go. like, you know, those games are extremely important. Because as it is, as it stands now, we're fourth, right? Yeah, we're fourth. That's that last playoff position. Yeah, that's that last playoff position. And again, like, the games played are kind of all fucky, but, like, not very fucky yeah i know, <laughs> you know like it's, it's it's they're messed they're up slightly for, skewed, they're slightly skewed they're slightly skewed for edmonton but it'll, like, it'll you know, reset winnipeg, when, when edmonton takes a week off yeah winnipeg has one more game played than us in their head so it's you know it's not extremely skewed but there you go you know they're beating ottawa so well, that's what i'm saying the difference that's exactly matters. it so um we'll jump into the gambling pick so last week um 
well, last week, last game, basically, a little bit rougher. Um, we went two for three. Uh, sorry, one for three. Uh, we had Montreal winning. They did not. We had Tatar scoring. He did not. So close, though. He couple chances there. And we had the over. So that was an easy one. Um, I have two asterisks there. So we had already given two picks for tonight's game, the 21st. We had the over as well. And also a hat-trick from Gallagher or Anderson. So that sentiment that we were talking about, them coming out firing, has stuck. Um, For the 23rd, if you had to pick up that. Yeah, so for the 23rd, just to remind you guys, that's our second game against Ottawa. We're going to go for the under. I think tonight, if there's going to be a lot of scoring in one of these games, it's going to be tonight. I think, you know, at least I hope now that, you know, we're getting a little fed up with this goal drought. You know, even though we had three last night, like we're just not producing offensively or the way we, like, even if we got three goals, they're not the goals that we were getting at the beginning of the season. Like these weren't like dominant plays. Like for the most part, these were just kind of fluky, like, oh, to fully caught it, put it down. These weren't like we were stuck in their offensive zone for a minute and cycling the puck and really getting in front of the net and getting chances. This, these were kind of, I don't want to say fluky, but you know, less, uh, positional goals and that kind of scares me but i think hopefully it scares them and i think if there's a game that we bounce back on the scoreboard i think it'll be tonight and then you know statistics says we'll take a dip so i'm gonna say february 23rd where i'm gonna take the under i think that could be like a three three one game okay or uh maybe a four one game um but definitely not over okay so what about the 25th our first game against winnipeg what do you say i'm gonna have to take the win i think you know we're gonna have somewhat of an element of surprise to it we haven't played winnipeg yet and you know maybe this rough patch we're going through maybe they have that kind of lackadaisical approach and the habs will just have a bit of a fire under them then they'll come out scoring so um yeah i'm gonna take the win right out the gate on against winnipeg and then um on the 27th yeah, 27th, I think this we're going to... Yeah, this one is something yeah. that's more of a gut feeling. There's no like definite reason for it. Yeah, but uh, the, just again, February 27th is Saturday night against Winnipeg. We're expecting Carey Price to play. I can see that being his first shutout of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to have a big bounce back on uh, Saturday Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be one of those games where, you know, we lock it down, we know what their game is, and we'll have just played them in the sense that, you know, especially if we beat them, I think we'll know what to expect. But yeah, I like Carey Price getting the shutout that yeah. night. I could also, you know, uh, I mean, kind of a pred- uh, off-the-board prediction. I don't want to put it down in ink, but, you know, Winnipeg, I think we're going to see, you know, two big games for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna, a goal and, like, definitely a fight, I could see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, um, we'll do away with the power rankings this week. It's one game, guys. Because like, we're not going to do yeah. power rankings based on a game. It's, you can't pick yeah. six forwards and three D from a one game. Yeah, and again, this There's is no point. it's gonna be this is gonna be the only week where that happens. I mean, we just had a funky break there, but yeah. we're not it's gonna. There's just no point in doing it because I'm not gonna pick you know two of the four lines on offense to exactly. power rank when like it and was half the defense yeah, and we lost. So yeah, and the, none of the actually none of our D would even make that. Maybe Romanov, but yeah, um, there you go. So. Uh, we can jump right into current events this week. So there's a couple fun ones, and then we have that asterisk down there. But so the first one was Paul Byron clearing waivers. So, you know, we've discussed it a few times about, you know, veterans getting sent up and down between the taxi squad. It's a cap move and everything. But were you surprised that no one picked him up? Not really. Like I said, I think there's a bit of a like a handshake agreement with the GMs to kind of like, 
you know, this isn't something that's here to stay. And I think everyone's kind of suffering with this taxi squad situation. And I think, uh, you know, with everything, how hard it is just to manage the league right now and manage the cap situation with the situation all these GMs are in, I think it would, um, you know, I think everyone's on the same page where like, you know, if someone really wanted to pick up Paul Byron, I think they'd give a call to Bergevin and say like, hey, do you mind if we take this guy off your hands? And then, you know, Bergevin says like, no, it's a cap move. Do you think it's more that or more that everyone's so strapped for cap space? Well, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Because I, mean, I don't know if... I, I, I think if someone actually inquired... Like, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, you know, on the ship that says that if someone actually inquired about taking Paul Byron, we'd let them. Okay. Just because the, the cap situation... We're going to be in a bit of a hellish uh, position cap-wise the next few years, and that's a, you know, a contract we could do away with. Okay. But I just, I honestly think that there is a, a handshake agreement behind there. I've, I've heard it from, you know, Dan Robertson, uh, you know, basically all these big guys, like even John Liu brought it up. And, you know, there seems to be some kind of agreement behind closed doors that basically stops people from just backstabbing each other because these guys are moving up and down like every day. Right. And at least it, it does, you know, it's important to note that if you do poach someone off waivers like that, you need to keep them in your squad. Yeah. So it's you need to have the cap space because the minute they go back on waivers, they're coming back. Mm-hmm. So it, it's under, it's understandable. Um, two big Habs rookies in the news lately. Um, I mentioned them on the second prospect check-in. So Cole Caulfield and Jordan Harris are both nominated yeah, the for one the... You were, uh, uh, the one you were gasping for air on? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been very <laughs> It's weird dense. solo, eh? It's weird. Yeah. You go on for long tangents, yeah. then you run out of air. I was listening. I was like, is he going to breathe? <laughs> yeah, I need like a respirator or some kind <laughs> in here. But um, yeah, so they're both nominated for the Hobie Baker Award, which is the top player in the NCAA. I'm just... I just... I, I don't want to gas these guys up and just be disappointed. Like Thing is, though, and this, this is what I was going to... That's not the only big thing with them. Mark Bergevin has mentioned that these are the two guys that look the most pro-ready, and he's been kind of hinting that these two... Where would Caulfield two... even play on Atlanta? Well, uh, who knows, but I Maybe mean, give he a guy also... A break, when he says pro-ready, he could also mean AHL, the AHL yeah. as well. He just means coming over. They're both, he said, not going to be finishing their college careers. That's okay. the first thing he said. And the second was that he had mentioned that both Harris and Caulfield could be here as soon as college ends, which is interesting. Okay. Because the original plan was Jordan Harris is going to play, you know, his full college career. I mean, I don't know if you know this right off the bat, but he and Jaden Struble, which is another Habs prospect, play on a line together in Northeastern. So they were going to just let them develop. And Cole Caulfield was going to basically finish up this year and then come over. But apparently their play and their development looks so good that the Habs are probably willing to just sign them and get it done. Um, you know, it's it's just nice to see a couple names like that, and also it's just interesting to see the options. Yeah, um, I mean, gauging by uh, you know gauging our fatigue, we're gonna need it. So that that could also it could be a depth depth move. Um, yeah, Michael Frolik was called up from Laval, so he's now an option again. Yeah, that I think was, it's just again it's just cap moving around. Right. I just I I didn't know why they wanted the him AHL to The AHL had an issue with the cap or something. Okay, cuz I I just didn't know why they wanted him to play in general. Didn't seem to do many good. Yeah, there's like going to be a lot of stuff this year in that the seems AHL, weird. I mean. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff this year. I think that's going to seem weird, but it basically comes down to just, you know, managing these cap laws. And yeah, uh, it's a very we always forget situation. that like there's two teams being managed Basically. here. Basically, it's just it's tricky to watch, but yeah. um, you know that's why 
we're doing the podcast and Mark Bergman runs the team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then the last one there that I had a, an asterisk next to because we kind of alluded to it on the Between the Whistles podcast. So the outdoor game yesterday that basically the ice melted outside. Yeah, what a shit show. God. I have, can't so we were talking about this. Falling all over the place. Like, and... You can't have official games in pro sports like on such suboptimal conditions yeah and like 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 the outcome of the game has like like a like a weather impact you know like it's like it's like which way was the wind well imagine if it's overtime or or you're down a goal right and you're on a breakaway and then the ice gives out and you fall well the avalanche was talking about how they had two periods against this like brutal winter breeze yeah there you go it's like the elements are out to get you and like whereas like patch ready is being like carried by the wind yeah that's exactly it now imagine a slap shot with with like you know they they get good like wind (laughs) there was this one patch of ice near the center uh, near the center of the ice closer to the penalty box like halfway between center ice and the penalty box where there is there must have been like a hole but literally, the the linesman would go by, fall down. Then like a player would fall down. <laughs> then the other linesman would come fall down, and like it didn't get fixed. And then, you know, by the second game, they had to delay the game, like you said, because the the ice melted. So I think you know these should be these are obs- like absolutely fun games, and I like, I love watching them outside. Obviously, like Lake Tahoe is beautiful, mm-hmm. but I think you know maybe that's a good place for you know either like an all star game. That's what I was gonna say. Or like. You know, a preseason series of three against yeah, the team. Yeah, the only issues we're forgetting is like typically the seas the season starts and it's September. There's no ice outside. Yeah. But oh yeah. True. I yeah. know it's just weird to think because yeah. the preseason was January yeah. this year. But I love the idea of the All Star Game being on an outdoor rink. I think that would be really fun too because like it'll feel like a pickup game for yeah, real. Yeah, they they don't they've obviously transitioned to like a very like a much less serious All Star Game. Yeah, like, like it's not no, like nobody tries. Nobody tries. You know, like, I always just... thought it'd be cool actually. If the all-star game, they did, like, sticks in the middle, you know? Yeah, exactly. That could be fun. And, yeah, I, I just think that it goes all the way back to, I don't remember how many years ago it was, probably, like, two or three, but the World Juniors, when the U.S. played Canada in the round-robin game, it was when Brady Kachuk was on Team yeah. USA there, and they played out outdoors. And I remember, like... The puck like, was getting stuck. It was getting passes. stuck in the snow. It was, like, a shootout, and the puck wasn't moving. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're biased because, like, the U.S. won that game. However, like... It, you know why is it outside for like not the pre-tournament games like why are yeah, you no. playing like the game that decides you know who's in first place and who's in second because you know knowing how the crossover works for the actual like medal rounds if you're in first you might be playing like slovakia in the first round but if you're in second you might be playing like sweden yeah it's it's, it's strange and you know especially in a season like this where you know every game is a four game night exactly it's, you know it's pretty crucial and it's not really uh you know super fair but you know if you watch that abs game like um you know it looked like every pass that the knights the golden knights or, or the avalanche were making like literally every pass had to be a saucer pass like if yeah. they kept it on the ice it was gonna get stuck just because the ice was so watery and there was so much snow yeah it's exactly so. it's just like little things like you know, I noticed Philip Grubauer was playing with, like, sunglasses on under his yeah. helmet. Like, it's just, like, it's it's perfect for an all-star game. Yeah. It's horrible for a regular season yeah, game. Yeah, Or well, just, like, the, the adopt, has... adopt the soccer method of having, like, quote-unquote, like, friendlies. Yeah, but you, you have know? to think about it. There's, like, a, you know, the weather element, like, for the goalies, is like, there's, like, an albedo element. Like, the, yeah. like the ice is reflecting the sun into no, their eyes. No, but, like, eyes. honestly, imagine, you're, imagine when the sun isn't at the, like, you know, high, high, high in the sky. Yeah. And you have it behind the other team's net. Yeah. You know, that think about like when you're playing catch with a football Christ, and it blocks out Weber the sun. That. 
Yeah. Weber would... Uh, He'd kill someone. Yeah, he, he would. He well, would no, I'm saying his accuracy would be even worse. Oh yeah, no, forget. <laughs> I thought you meant if he was shooting with the sun to his back and the yeah. puck. Imagine eclipses the sun for no, a I second. No, I meant if it's in his eyes. Yeah, if it's in, well, actually, on his shooting percentage, if it was in his eyes, there's a chance that he shoots more accurately. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's basically it for that. Um, so we'll go to the giveaways right now. Yeah. Um, so first things first, we want to say you know thanks to everyone who played. You know, on our, you know, just very simple game on Instagram. It wasn't very difficult. <laughs> just follow and comment yeah. and like the photo. But again, thank you for participating would be a better word. Um, the winner is going to be Marie. We've already contacted her. As yeah, of it's now. a random number generator. Um, so don't yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like that. We basically, like, we'll be very straightforward. Anyone who does play basically gets just put into a lottery with a number assigned to them. Yeah. And on the day, we just, you know, have a generator pick the number. So, again, thank you, Marie, for playing. Um, we'll get the uh, coupons to you as soon as possible. Yeah. But um, we have a second giveaway that, you know, we're going to be having. I think we're going to post it when this comes out. Yeah. So, so Monday uh, around noon. Yeah. The restaurant that we reviewed yesterday, um, you know, Spice Bros, um, again, near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, they offered to give us some some gift cards. So we're going to be giving those away. Um it's actually one gift card. It's a $25 gift card. So we're going to give one of those away. So again, the it's going to be very similar to our last giveaway. Just uh, look out for our Instagram post and we'll announce the winner to that uh, next sun, uh, next Sunday's review episode. Mm-hmm. So on Monday morning next week. Right. And then I think if that's a, you know, typically the power ranking makes it a little longer, but we've got a second podcast to record in a little bit because the yeah. game's coming on. So I think We'll wrap up the uh, week in review this time. Yeah, game in review, basically. Yeah, One game. basically. And then uh, we will be back here in about an hour. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not angry. Spirits. Yeah, hopefully not angry. And, you know, yeah, hopefully we're winning. Exactly. So we will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.